All right, welcome in. Cube Show podcast, a college football podcast that comes to you on Sundays. As you guys know, we try to keep you updated with everything happening around the SEC, all the news, all the notes, and we're going to review teams as well. We have more games to review this week. Heavy weekend last weekend. The majority of the SEC spring games were held last Saturday. So last Sunday, we spent really the entire show uh, blasting through those, kind of what we saw on the film. Not quite as many this weekend, but some interesting ones. And we're going to take South Carolina from last week. And that's going to be a part of this week as well, because that was last Saturday night. Got to it a little bit late. Went back and watched it again today. So we'll be able to fill you in on kind of our thoughts there. Um, Some other things kind of happening around the league. Transfer portal, as we know, is open. We talked about a couple big ones that were in last week. Like Georgia has cornerback Marcus Washington is going to go in the portal. Ole Miss gets linebacker Danny Lockhart. They've had a couple kids go in. Uh, Traquan Fagans, cornerback from Alabama, is in the portal, um, along with uh, Taiwan Malone, defensive lineman out of Ole Miss, Elijah Sabatini, safety out of Ole Miss. I mean, it's listen, we're going to get this changeover. We're going to get this rollover every portal cycle. It's just who are going to be the big names that decide to go in at any point in time. Uh, and we haven't seen a ton of those just yet. Like, we, we talked about Bear Alexander going in out of Georgia. You know, where is he going to end up? Took a visit to USC. Uh, a lot of folks tell me they think that that's a lock to Texas. I don't know. We'll find out and uh, just kind of get an idea uh, of exactly, you know, where that happens and, and where that ends up. But the portal will keep us busy for a couple more weeks. And we'll, we'll go into a little bit more depth on the portal and where guys are and where they're going probably in next week's show. First off, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has subscribed, everybody that tuned in last week. Had a great show. Subscribers are like just inching up there. The the minuscule number is being a little less minuscule, but we appreciate everybody subscribing to this here on YouTube. If you're watching and also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thank you so much. Um, we are going to go through South Carolina, LSU, and Alabama today. A couple different aspects of each. Keep in mind, some of these teams, we still have our actual spring preview for, and then they're going to have play their spring game, but that's all right. We'll just get to that and we'll go there and we'll give you our thoughts on those. Uh, we're brought to you by Wickles Pickles. As you can see each and every week, you know, we come with full ammunition of a giant bar of a giant bottle of Wickles each and every week. We've got them in the fridge here. We snack on them. We love them. Uh, if you can't get them in your local grocery store, go try to check them out, uh, online wicklespickles.com wickedly delicious. You can have them drop ship to you and, and, and get them wherever you want. All right. Um, let's start with the game cocks. So, here, here's my advice on some of these spring games. For me, you're not going to be able to take away a lot as far as entire position groups. You're not going to be able to take away a lot as far as the entire side of the football. Like we talked about with Tennessee last week. How can we judge Tennessee's offense when you have an offensive lineman out, pretty much the entire receiving core, and some other guys are going to be coming in, they're going to help that group out. I, I I can look at little pieces of it. If there's a guy that needs to fill in, go study him. If there's a part of a position group that needs help, study that. Maybe look to see where you can add depth. Individuals that you're banking on to get more reps and snaps than they did a year ago, how are they going to be able to help? So that's kind of where we are with some of these things in spring games. South Carolina, we've done their spring preview, so you have a pretty good idea. If you missed it, go back and grab that episode of kind of what we think and what's going to be there. But some of the guys we talked about in that episode, now we get to see them a little bit. We get an idea what they're about, what they're going to be able to do. The new offense, first off, little Doggins, you know, what's that thing going to look like? Um it's not going to be too different. I think you saw that. You're still going to get a bunch of gap scheme runs. We're going to get, you know, counter power, backside guard and tackle pulling around. They're going to play action off that. They're going to get those tight ends in the flat and they're going to hit them really quick. One thing I noticed about Spencer Rattler, though, it appears as though the offense is 
Lois finding a way to make it a little bit more deliberate for Spencer to know where to go with the football immediately. Uh, he seemed more decisive of snap, play fake, boom, get ball out here. Or snap, one, two, ball out here. Just had a real good understanding of where it needed to go. You're still going to get your shot plays. You saw that. And I think you got a strong receiving core. We saw Juice Wells catch and run, a couple of big catches. He had another touchdown catch where he's wide open on the sideline. How that happens with that dude, I have no idea. Um, but I think, too, you saw Eddie Lewis, the Memphis transfer. You know, he, he tight ropes on the sideline, back shoulder. Um, I can't, honestly, I didn't have the volume up, so I don't even know if they ruled that a catch or not. But it was a nice grab over on the sideline in traffic. Saw him over the middle of the field one time as well. He's going to be able to help. You know what he's going to be able to offer. The tight end position is one we were really excited about when we previewed this team. And boy, Jalen Knox, he almost looks a little more jacked up than he did in the past. Like, I thought, I thought Jalen Knox looked even even thicker and better well put together than he did at Arkansas was really impressed with how they used him, what he did. He's going to be a magnificent part of that offense. And then two, the Western Kentucky transfer, Joshua Simon, who's coming over athletic, tough. You saw him at the point of attack, not afraid to get in there, mix it up and try to give you some good blocks. Uh, I was impressed with what I saw for him. He's going to be a big part of that offense this year. I think he's really going to help. So those were the guys catching the football that I think, and, and listen, the receiving core is not one I think any of us are really worried about. Uh, and then two, behind the quarterback, at least Spencer Rattler, no real concerns there. Liked what we saw from him. Uh, and I think the offense will be a little more tailor-made for him, make the decision-making and the processes a little bit more simple. I saw some examples of that. Now, I think that's what you'll see carry over into the season. Behind him... You know, I, I know a lot of people think that this is kind of like a trick or just let's find a place to put him. I think to carry on Joyner is going to help this team at running back. I really do. I, I mean, you saw him bouncing off tackles. You saw like a little spin move. You saw him doing a couple of different things. I mean, I, I think the kid's really going to be able to help South Carolina at tailback. Um, and, you know, Maurice Anderson is the Newberry transfer. He had that spin move going. He's bouncing off guys. He gets north and south really well. And then, of course, you have Juju McDowell, who's super quick, bouncing all over the place. You know, he's a kid that I think gives you a nice change up with what you have with all the other backs. Uh, Dante Miller comes in, the grad transfer. He's just another guy that can eat up some carries, help you in a few different ways. I liked what I saw from him. Uh, the receiving core depth, I think, is going to be much better, too. Um you saw Joseph Morris, you saw DJ Black, you saw Kyrie Horton. But here's what I have to ask about this. Like, why is Justin Stepp, the receivers coach for South Carolina, making these receivers wear shit numbers? Uh, like Kylie Horton wearing number 20, he made a nice catch. 20 for a wide receiver? Uh, DJ Black made a nice catch. Like 31 for a wideout? Like, why are these guys being forced to wear these fullback numbers uh, when they're playing wide receiver, I, I got to have an answer for that. I, I don't know. But the depth of that position does look like it's going to be much better with some of that young talent coming in. Um, hated to see Jalen Nichols go down at left tackle on that offensive line. It was a position I was concerned about. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's one that I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to be, how much they're going to be able to improve. Uh, Nick Garguilo, you know, the transfer in from Yale, who was the team captain there, physical 
but he had a bad snap or two here and there, and he, he can't do it by himself. It's going to have to be a collective effort. That group's got to get better. I didn't love what I saw from him. Now, some of the pressures were just recognition, not picked up, free runners, but you had a lot of tackles getting beat off the edge, and we're going to talk about that when we get to the defense here in a minute. Um, but that group has got to find a way to come along. They, they, they've got to get better, and losing Jalen was tough because he, he was a guy that I know was going to be able to help him. Um, so all that being said, I felt pretty good about what we saw with the offense. I thought Luke Doty did some nice things. Tanner Bailey, you know, he had the fumble, uh, but he had a couple of nice throws for the young quarterback. So in there, keep in mind, young quarterbacks in these spring games are always going to be put in tough spots because they don't have the best offensive linemen. Defense is ripping and roaring. Half the guys on all the assignments. So it's just, it, it's tough. But he, I thought he made a couple of nice throws and did some good things from a depth perspective. He's going to be fine. And then you get the true freshman quarterback uh, who comes in and, you know, Ladarius Sellers, I believe was his name. And we talked about him in our preview uh, with South Carolina, Lenore Sellers, excuse me, 6'3", 230, and he can move, he can run, he's got a cannon. I don't know what he's going to be able to do this year. And he did a nice job pulling off his best Chris Sabo impersonation. However, when you think about just – athletically how gifted he is kind of going down the road. I mean, now you got, we talk about Joe Milton, Richardson and Levis going to the draft. Uh, you got, you got a young man at Vanderbilt who is young, not ready to play, but has a similar skill set. Like these quarterbacks with these just crazy intangibles, I don't, it's, it's worth it to get them on your roster and kind of see what they turn into and how they develop. And I think this young man is one uh, excited to see the arm strength, the size, and then the ability to move because he was in on that bad snap and he rolls out and was still able to get the throw off at 235 pounds. So I was impressed with what I saw from him. And I think you have to be pretty excited about the future of the, of the quarterback position there in Columbia. Defensively, uh, I love the way the defense is flying around. You, you tell Clayton White's got these guys like playing with a mean on and have an understanding of the defense because when you play faster, that means you're more confident. And I saw that from this group. Debo Williams at linebacker flying downhill. I mean, you talk about a thumper, like old school, traditional downhill linebacker. Like he knocked a couple tight ends on their asses. Like he was taking on guards. Loved what I saw from him at the linebacker position. Um, Elijah Davis, 11, showed some flexibility off the edge. Do I think he can live on the edge? No. I think he's an interior guy. Some of this may be depth. Some of this may be guys out. Some of this may be keep him happy. But 6'3", 285, he's going to be an interior guy. East Mississippi Community College transfer. But he showed good quickness and elusiveness. He showed a nice little dip and rip off the edge. And to be that size and be able to do that and maybe be able to help outside occasionally – but really, you know, down the road, you're going to live inside and add depth there. I think you've got some value in a young man like that. Xavier McLeod. Now, once again, with numbers, why are we wearing 64 defensive tackle? Coming in at offensive line, I think. I don't know. But like now that you're on D-line, can we get rid of that? Thought he did some nice things. Had a nice little swim move. Won some one-on-ones and pass rush. He was in the backfield a little bit. Um you know, I thought some of the edge guys, and keep in mind, we're, we're, we didn't really see a lot of Jordan Strong. He's been out for the spring. He'll be back. But you saw Terrell Dawkins off the edge. Uh, the NC State transfer, big, long wingspan, physical. He can definitely help out there. Uh, and then a guy who I wasn't really expecting to see outside, Donovan Westmoreland, 6'1", 232. He, he plays and looks longer than 6'1", 230. He had a couple nice pass rush reps off the edge. He's going to be able to help them there. And I'm going to tell you right now, the star of the show on defense for me was Byron Thomas, 46. Uh, this young man... I saw him take on the run and set the edge a couple of times. 
and really use his hands well and sort of set the edge and then get off and be able to make a make a tackle. Uh, the pass rush was consistent. It was there almost the entire night. This kid can flat out play. And I was impressed with what I saw. Obviously, his dad played at UAB, played in the NFL. You could see the bloodlines. I mean, he looks very similar in what he's being asked to do. Um, I, I think the, a couple of guys who really stuck out for me, um, Byron Thomas on defense, Debo Williams on defense, Trey Knox, obviously, but we wanted to see him in this offense, what he was going to be doing. Joshua Simon, the Western Kentucky transfer. He is definitely going to help. South Carolina is going to be a handful in the red zone because you have multiple backs that can do different things. You have a quarterback that has some mobility, and now you have all these different tight ends that can do different things, attach, detach, athletically, be physical mass bubs, jump ball guys. I mean, it's just that they're going to be, they're going to be tough to deal with in the red zone. Now the offensive line still got to come around, still got to be there. But I tell you, I like what I saw from this group all together. I think the offense will be a little bit better for Spencer Rattler, better to understand. They know they have a number one wide receiver. They're going to feature him. They're going to get in the ball. They showed you a little bit in the spring game. They have some youth behind these receivers. They're going to be able to come on good group of tight ends, which in this offense, you know, this, this kind of Oklahoma offense, whatever you want to call it. Tight ends are going to be critical. They're going to be important. They've got those. You and I just the offensive line's the only question on that other side. Defensively, you had a couple of your interior defensive linemen who were out. Tonka Hemingway didn't go, but that's fine. You saw a couple of different guys step up, make plays, and the two stars, Mo Kaba, Jordan Strong, not even out there, and they're going to get back. And you showed you have multiple bodies that can get it for you off the edge. Like we talked about Auburn a couple of weeks ago, they don't have that. They need that edge guy. South Carolina's got four or five options off the edge. And listen, even if you don't have a clowny, it's okay. If you have different options, you can affect the quarterback in different ways in different times. And you have depth. So like last year, if you lose one, you're not just done. I think that's going to be a good thing. So I liked what I saw from Coach Beamer's group. And the momentum just feels like it's moving. They had a good crowd. It was loud. They were into it. I feel like there's a ton of momentum. He's looked at recruiting rankings, which we don't spend a ton of time on on the show. I don't know him well enough. A lot of momentum there is too with the Gamecocks. So feeling pretty good about what's happening and what they're doing. All right. Um, LSU spring game yesterday, a little bit of a weird one. They did some weird things early on. It wasn't just, you know, four quarters of actual spring ball, situational stuff, red zone, goal line, short yardage, but that's fine because there were a couple of questions that we needed answered about this team and we got them figured out. Number one, is the quarterback going to take a step? I thought Jaden Daniels looked more comfortable than he did last year. Um, some of the read stuff, just very quick, very deliberate. Get the ball out of the belly of the running back, throw it here, boom, boom. Decide when to run. Pull it, make your read, go north and south. I thought the, that, that kind of stuff for him looked fantastic in this game, and that's what you want from your quarterback. The operation of the offense needs to be clean, needs to be precise, and when you are making quick decisions one way or the other, boom, boom, know when to make it, get the ball out or get the ball down and go, and he did that. And I thought it was impressive. The offensive line is going to be good. Bottom line, they're just they're, they're going to be really good. And I think when you look at center, Marlon Martinez, 77, was in there a bunch. He may take over for Charles Turner, who's banged up and not able to go. He may end up being the guy. Dellinger's doing some good things. Emory Jones looked great at tackle. Will Campbell looked pretty good. A couple of moments where he's like lunging, leaning a little bit. That's going to be a bad habit for him with his length that he's going to have to continue to try to grow out of, but not super problematic. I thought he looked pretty good. The kid I was excited about is Miles Frazier because I loved Miles Frazier last year coming out of FIU. I was like, this kid can play. We hear sometimes these FIU guys or you know, if it's a kid from Western Michigan or from Utah State, you're like, ah, well, he can't really help. 
I thought Miles Frazier was going to help him a ton last year. And he's dinged up. He's banged up. Couldn't really go the whole year in and out of the lineup. He showed some real power. He got some nice push ability to move. And I think he's flexible. I think they could play him at guard or tackle. So you'll have that option there. Liked what I saw from him. And then, you know, some of the young guys uh, that I saw kind of get a shot for this offense. I mentioned Martinez looking like he can maybe go at center and do some different things. I thought they're, you know, you got to build depth with this group and you got to figure out a way to get that depth going and get it built. I'm trying to, there's a couple of guys that I wanted to see and I want to get them up and get their names up real quick in these notes that I took. So I'm trying to pull that up for you. Uh, One kid that I saw just on the offensive line that I was kind of impressed with that I liked what he did. And again, listen, this isn't like a done deal or anything. Um, Like I thought Wes Woodard did some nice things. I thought, I thought he showed like some tenacity, like he's got some shit to him and finished, played hard, like aggressive. Now, did he get beat one-on-one in a pass rush situation? Yeah. You know, did he get out over his feet, overextended in the run game once? Yeah. But uh, you get a kid who's a preferred walk-on who's out there like just grinding and like giving it his all. I'm feeling pretty good about that. And we know they have more coming in. So the depth of that group, I think is going to be a lot better, but that's kind of what stuck out to me in that game. Tight end, uh, you know, the Giovanni Roberson kid, 45, I think he can help them. And I know Mason Taylor didn't go. And I know you have some other guys that are going to be there that you're going to rely on Jackson uh, McConaughey. He has a nice grab. So tight end depth looks like it's going to be good, but we know with Mason Taylor what you have, so you don't have to worry about it, but you know, with, with Giovanni, I think you have a little bit more of an athletic hard hat guy. Like if they want him to be sort of the dirty work guy, uh, I think he's somebody who could maybe fit into that role. Like kind of be a hybrid fullback instead of a hybrid tight end receiver type. Uh, he may be able to help doing those things a little bit more. Noah Kane was really impressive at running back. Um, I don't want to say that I had completely written him off, but maybe he was a little overhyped coming in last year and then it just didn't kind of work out. Uh, but I think he can help and he's going to help him pass pro mainly because you saw him go one-on-one with Harold Perkins, like six different times. Now, one time he kind of gave up a sack, but he still squared him up, got right in there, like put his face mask in his chest and tried to go at him. It wasn't like a, Oh, I'm going to dive at your ankles and you slip past me and go make a play. It wasn't that kind of a deal. So felt pretty good about what I saw from Noah Kane. And I mean, listen, Mason Taylor was out, um, you know, John Emery was out. Josh Williams was out at running back. Mason Smith was out on that D line. Makai Wingo was out on the D line. Greg Pym was out at linebacker. Major Burns was out. So there's a lot of star power that didn't go in this game. But once again, we didn't need to see those. I don't need to see Mason Smith. Makai Wingo, most underrated player in the SEC last year. So I don't, I don't need to see those guys. I, I know what we got. So I wanted to see what some of the other players were going to do up front defensively, kind of see how they were going to work out and see what they're going to be able to offer. Uh, before I go over to defense, though, and tell you who a couple of those guys were that I saw, that I noticed, a couple last things on the offense. You got good quarterback depth. Nussmeyer still throws that Jeff Blake deep ball like straight to the moon and it comes straight down but his ability to sort of maneuver move around a little bit the gunslinger mentality I I think he's a kid that can help if you had to have him I think he I think he has starting quarterback capabilities in the SEC and you saw a few more signs of it in this game Uh, DBs overall didn't have a great game but part of the reason for that is this wide receiver core holy hell Uh, we'll start with uh, Kyron Lacey who looked like he 
someone created himself on Madden and was going out and playing a video game. The one-handed catch that he had, and then he breaks tackles and spins off and goes the distance for a touchdown. Like, you got to be kidding me. Had one catch he had to go up and reach for. Just, he looked incredible. Brian Thomas, just the body type, the physicality he's going to be able to offer, ridiculous. And Malik Neighbors is the best of the group. You know, he had a touchdown catch and a touchdown over the middle. Uh, he's exactly what we thought he was. This wide receiver course solidified itself as the best in the SEC for me. Um, you know, there was a, there was a conversation you could have about Georgia. If you wanted to include pass catchers, maybe Kentucky, Kentucky's sitting on the best wide receiver room they've ever had. In my opinion, go check our Kentucky spring preview. If you need to see that. Um, but this, this LSU wide receiver course is best in the league. And there, there is, there may have been a, a fun discussion to have with it. It's now in stone. This group is legit. Neighbors, Lacey, Brian Thomas, um, unbelievable. And you saw a couple of the freshmen get involved too and, and make a couple of plays. So I was just blown away with what I saw from these LSU receivers. They are big time, man. Like the size, the ability, the wingspan, the catch radius, all of it. It is, it's what you would expect from LSU, which we kind of don't have in the running back room right now. But if the offensive line is what we think it is, the tight end depth is now there. The quarterback's more comfortable with the system. You have quarterback depth, if you, especially with a mobile quarterback that you might need to take over for a game or two series or whatever. You've got that. Watch out for this offense. Now, defensively, we did have some questions we wanted answers off the edge. Who was going to be that guy? So we got OV. Aguafo off the edge, 17, big, long wingspan, pretty physical, maybe not as loose as like an Olajari, but show that he could get to the quarterback a little bit and he could do some things. Harold Perkins is knifing everywhere. Um, he's wearing number four now. You see him in the middle, like diagnosing plays. That's something I was excited to see from Harold Perkins was not just see ball, get ball. We know he can do that or go after quarterback and rush the passer. We know he can do that. There was one gap scheme run where it's blocked down, blocked down, pull around. And he is right there on the butt cheek of that pulling guard, like ready to make the play. And he makes the play at the line of scrimmage like that. Read and react is something that's going to make him even more dangerous because now Matt House can play him off the ball and he can, I literally think the comp for Harold Perkins could be Troy Palomalu. And I know that sounds crazy and I know he's not going to play safety, but he is able to rush the passer off the edge. He's able to be a blitzing linebacker. If he continues to develop those instincts as an off the ball linebacker, Think about everything he can do. You could almost play the plus one defense, which is what I like to call where you just have, you play a 10 man defense and then let your best football player go make plays. He doesn't technically have an assignment. And so that's, I really do think Troy Palomalo is the comp because he can, he's that versatile, can play all around, all over the place. And he showed it again in this game. Um, Brady Swenson off the edge showed some hands, one inside, number 13 defensive end. I liked what I saw from him. Uh, I thought he's a guy that maybe can help a little bit. 94 pair Shepard defensive end. Uh, you know, he showed a little bit of edge rush, won a couple of times, a guy who I think can help. Um, Number 40, Whit Weeks had to pit six. He's a guy that might be able to add some depth at linebacker, especially you had a couple guys out in spring. He can help a little bit. Uh, I thought big 95 inside because that's one of the questions that I had is like, who was going to add some depth inside for this defense? Uh, I think Tyge Hill could be that guy. Uh, you know, he's 6'2", 290 ish, but show that he's kind of loose inside, pass rush, uh, got some penetration in the run game. And it was pretty consistent throughout the course of the game. I don't see one guy make a play and make one play and say, oh, we got to talk about him on the podcast. You got to flash a little more than once. I see that consistency. We're going to talk about how you can help your football team. And I thought Tyge Hill showed that. I think he's a guy who can help. 
One of the question marks, though, and I went back and I studied Omar Spades and I watched him at Oregon State. And when we talked about him a couple of, I guess, months ago now on the podcast when he transferred in, the speed sideline to sideline was there. And I thought he could be that guy and I thought he would help that way. I don't know how much weight he's put on. I don't know how much he's bulked up. But boy, does he look different than he did at Oregon State. And I understand it's seeing him up close and getting some different shots and different angles and just watching the tape on him. But goodness gracious, this kid's put together. And he still showed that coverage ability to be able to get out in the flat and do some different things, be able to run with guys and come up and thump and take on offensive linemen. I didn't think that maybe going into the spring that Omar Space would be like a like an impact player for this LSU defense, but I think he's got a chance to now. Uh, so number one on offense, Kyron Lacey, yes. Number one on defense, Omar Spates, maybe, or I guess Kyron Lacey's two on offense. Uh, number one beat Aaron Anderson. But yeah, one and two, those two guys, they stuck out. They were exciting to see in this spring game. So what do we take away? I think we've got some offensive line depth that's building. The first group's going to be good no matter what. The quarterback looks more comfortable, kind of similar to Rattler, what we talked about. Let's find some different things to be able to help make him even more successful than what he's been. You got that in this game. And then are we talking about the best wide receiver core in the SEC, one of the best in the nation? Stamp of approval, absolutely. Uh, you have a mutant in Kyron Lacey and what he's capable of doing. Uh, and then we wanted to see some of the other players defensively up front because we knew we weren't going to get Mason Smith. We knew what Harold Perkins was capable of. All right, how does the rest of the front seven look? I think you have different bodies that are capable that if they continue to improve are going to be able to help this defense be pretty good. Like I said, it wasn't a great day for the DBs. Some of them were out. But with what you have up front, first, second level, it's going to offset a lot of that. And I think you're going to be okay. So feel pretty good coming out of the LSU spring. Game. And two, um, I think at running back now, Noah Kane's a guy that can help. I mean, he showed you like he is a legit pass protector and just didn't maybe get a ton of opportunities to be that guy last year. But I love the offensive line. I love the wide receivers. Quarterback situation is going to be great. There's really nothing to worry about there. So uh, LSU spring game over the weekend. Also brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans. Don't forget, most comfortable denim you'll ever have. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Go check out the website. Custom denim. Worn, wonderful, comfortable, premium denim. If you, you haven't spent a lot of money on jeans ever, you, you've got to go check out Blue Delta jeans because you're not going to want another pair. And I understand a lot of you have tweeted in and a lot of you have commented on YouTube, whatever about, you know, this is oh, so it's all you're ever going to need. BlueDeltaJeans.com. Tell Nick and the guys you heard them right here on the podcast. You will not regret it. You, you can dress them up, wear a jacket, wear a tie, wear a dress shirt. Dress them down. Wear a polo, wear a t-shirt, and you're going to look fine either way. So, BlueDeltaJeans.com. All right, let's talk Alabama spring game because this was the one that a lot of folks had a lot of questions about. A lot of folks were kind of wondering, what's it going to look like? Quarterback was the big question, so we'll start there. Um, I didn't think I didn't think the guys looked great. Um, and I think you heard some of Coach Saban's comments when he's asked about it coming out. Of you know, Is the door going to be closed on somebody else? It, it, my, my takeaway from what I heard from Coach Saban was no, it won't be. Um, but I do think that there were some positives that you look at here and say, what do we take away outside the quarterback position that we can build around whoever that is? I'll say this. If it were me, Ty Simpson's the guy right now. Uh, I thought he managed things well. The decision-making, much better than Jalen Milrow. I know the wind was blowing, but a couple of balls, the way they come out of Jalen Milrow's hands, like the inconsistency there, you can't have that in this league because 
the opposition is going to turn that into points immediately. Those things can't happen. Is he a dynamic runner? Yes. Does he have the arm strength? Of course. But there's just there is an inconsistency there that I do not think you can compete for a national championship with. I think it'd be great to have him as a changeup. And if it's Ty Simpson who gets to start and Milrow can have a package of plays, why not use him? If he's a fast coach, Saban told us he's the fastest player on the team two years ago. So use that speed, use the physicality, and then, I mean, have another guy that can throw it on the field. And I, I had the DC defenders in the XFL this weekend. And their offensive coordinators tell me before the game, uh, special is the formation that they call it, where Jordan Tiamo and De'Ara King are in the game at the same time. You can draw those things up. Todd Berry did it at ULM a couple of years ago with Colton Browning and the kid from Hoover, who I can't remember his name. They did it there. So why not have different things that you can run? Uh, the offense was another thing we wanted to see. And I think one thing that you take away from this, the tight ends are group we're going to get to, I was impressed with, but we're not going backwards. All right, folks. I know a lot of you got worried and mad and upset and said, oh, well, we're going to run three and four tight ends all the time. We're going triple option, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. It ain't going to be that. He showed you he can push the ball down the field. He showed you he wants to push the ball down the field. And I'm going to tell you right now, the sentiment in that building is he's never had weapons like this. I know some of you Notre Dame fans are going to throw out, you know, some of your receivers that you've had, but he ain't never had anything like this before. So it's going to be different. And he is going to take those shots and he is going to take advantage of things down the field. So uh, I think wide receiver and running back for Alabama collectively are going to be just fine. And I don't know exactly who the guy is just yet. I don't know exactly who it's going to be because you've got a lot of different options and a lot of different guys that you're going to be able to choose from. So Jace McClellan looks good. Roy Dell Williams, we've seen what he can do. Jan Miller played a little bit. Obviously, you got a big time true freshman that's going to come in and try to get some of those carries. And I mean, maybe he can't. And, and it looks like he can. And you heard Jordan Rogers talking about it during the broadcast of how well he's put together. So, yeah, probably. Uh, is, is he going to get some run? Sure. Yes. We've seen freshmen play at running back. That's not a new thing. I don't think that that's anything that we're going to look at and say, okay, you know, is that a big surprise? No one's going to be you know overly concerned about that. I do want to spend some time on the quarterbacks, though, continuing kind of the conversation there. So. I think it's when you're when you're talking about not making losing plays, who gives you the best option? It appears as though Ty Simpson is going to be that guy. And whether it's an inconsistency with reads and inconsistency with throws. And listen, Ty Simpson had one he threw to a kid that was blocking. So I don't mean, those things are going to happen. The miscommunication breakdowns occasionally, but it just feels like they're more consistent with Milrow. And therefore, you're not going to be able to go that direction. Um, I. I I just feel like with the arm strength and the understanding of the offense, that's the direction you go. Can you keep Milrow on the roster? I don't know. Eli Holstein after that, I can't say I had a ton of like real positive takeaways there. It, it, it was, there wasn't anything that really stuck out that made me say, Ooh, wow. Look at this. This is incredible. I just, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. Um, so, you know, listen, I think, you know, justice Hayes comes in at running back. Are you going to be able to get him going? Probably newcomer Malik Benson at wide receiver. Is he going to help? Absolutely. I mean, kid can make plays. We saw him make multiple plays in the spring game. So if you go through with what you saw from Jermaine Burton, had a big touchdown catch late, Ja'Cory Brooks, Kendrick Law, Malik, Malik Benson's back, Kobe Prentice is back, Isaiah Bond, couple nice catches, couple bad drops. Again, consistency's got to come around. And then the kid, the wild card that we kind of forgot about, nobody talked about going into the spring, Emmanuel Henderson. Um, uh, 
you know, Jim Bob Stripling was his high school coach. He played running back in high school and kick returner and actually played a little bit of quarterback because they needed him. But they worked diligently on route running and catching the football in his hands because they knew he'd have a better chance to play there for Alabama once he got on campus. They wanted to use him a little bit last year, kind of couldn't figure it out. You saw him on a deep ball here, and even though they missed on it, like the ability to get past coverage and get on top of coverage, Emmanuel Henderson is going to be able to give you that. He has that kind of speed, big-time speed, and he's a guy that you saw that might be able to help this offense out. So I think collectively at running back, you're good. Take your pick of who's one, two, whatever. Collectively at receiver, you're going to be fine. You don't have anything to worry about that. Tight end, C.J. Dupree did some good things. Robbie Ute's not involved. We know what he's capable of. Amari Nyblak showed you like his flexibility to be able to get outside, get wide, and do some different things and be able to help this football team. I mean, I think he's a guy that's also going to be able to help. And we heard a lot about him last year. We talked about him last fall late that he was going to be somebody who could potentially help. They were really excited about what he was doing last year. Just wasn't really able to see a ton of it on the field. And then two, I'll say this, Danny Lewis Jr., 87, did a lot of nice things. Caught a couple balls, but in line as a blocker, pulling around in some of the split zone stuff, like coming flat across the line of scrimmage or some of the insert plays. Like I thought he showed good physicality, a great willingness to block. Watch 87 at tight end as somebody that could help this roster at the same time. So after quarterback, the question then becomes offensive line, right? A lot of folks were down on the O-line last year. They say that they're back. They're more physical. They're going after things. I think the biggest difference that you'll see with this Alabama offensive line, the younger bodies are going to push the older bodies. There'll be less complacency there. Dalcourt McLaughlin, both at center. You're good there. I thought J.C. Latham looked really good at tackle. Did he have maybe one loss? Okay, possibly in pass rush, but I thought from a consistency standpoint, physically what I saw from him, I liked it. You're going to be good there. Tyler Booker, we know what we've got there. War Daddy, you're fine. He did some good things in this game, so it comes down to some of those other spots. What are they going to be? Um, you heard Jordan Rogers if you watched the game, talking about Caden Proctor, the true freshman. I'll say this, 6'5", 350, whatever he is, a lot of times you get guys that big, they're just not able to physically handle it, the change of direction, the flexibility. Coach Saban apparently thinks he needs to drop like 10, 15 more pounds. He's got plenty of time to do that. What I saw from him, outside of being a mammoth of a human being, good body control, good change of direction. He wasn't out over his toes falling down all the time. He wasn't lunging at people trying to win with his upper body. For a true freshman, early enrollee, especially in a spring game, had a great feel for physically how to carry himself at the tackle position, which in my opinion is the most difficult position to come in and play as a freshman. Caden Proctor will help Alabama this year. That's going to happen. Mark my words right now. Caden Proctor will help Alabama this season. I'm not saying he starts the first game. He will help this football team. I really liked what I saw about uh, from some other young offensive linemen. Now, I know these aren't the guys that are getting a lot of the pub, a lot of the hype, but Ola Salinen, uh, the young man from Finland, good body control, giant frame. I mean, 6'6", 326, he doesn't look like he weighs 320. Uh, long arms, did a good job getting his arms on guys, getting them locked out. I mean, did he, did he have a couple of times where he was a little out of control, fell down? Yes, but all in all, collectively over the course of the game, and I think he got a lot of reps, he is going to be somebody who can help this offensive line. Like He looks like a dude. Now, technically, fundamentally, he has a little ways to go, but just like the mindset's where it needs to be, and I think he's got the physical tools to be somebody who can come in and help as well. Liked what I saw from him. Thought he had a nice day. 
Um, you know, a couple other guys, maybe not ready to go just yet. Uh, like Elijah Pritchett, I, I, the set, not really there, got beat a few times that you got a ways to go there. I, I, I don't think that that's going to be one that we look at and say, okay, immediately we're, we're going to fire that thing up and we're going to be ready to go. Just not quite there just yet, but all in all, if there are seven, eight of these offensive linemen that are ready to play and potentially could be starters, you're in good shape. That gives you the depth because you got your center depth. Now you just got to figure out exactly who would be your next left tackle, who would be your next right tackle, right guard, left guard, whatever that is. Are you going to mix and match? Who are you going to move? Uh, so, I mean, I thought collectively I would feel more confident about this group. Uh, Wilkin Formby, 75, thought he struggled out at tackle. Um, you know, big body, big, thick kid can move fairly well, but just the pass set, it, it, it wasn't there in this game to be able to allow him to go out and really be successful. So I, I do think that you look at, once again, receiver, running back, offensive line, collectively, you feel really good about everything. You just got to get quarterback figured out. And I don't know, I still feel like you could be a really good football team with Ty Simpson. You might be able to be a good football team with Jalen Milrow if – he figures a couple of the things out, but I just feel like we're so far down the road that those things probably not going to iron themselves out. I just, I, I don't really know how that takes place, even though you do have a new offensive coordinator and maybe that's part of how that happens. All right. Um, defensively, what did we get? What did we like? I, for one, thought Justin Jefferson was flying around. I thought he was hauling ass 28 at linebacker. Uh, liked what I saw from him playing downhill. Uh, Pearl River Community College transfer. I, I thought he looked good. He's, he's a kind of a taller, leaner linebacker, but I thought he was. I thought he was moving, and I thought he was a guy that looked really good. Um, a couple other guys up front, like you know, Jaheim Otis, is Jaheim Otis. We know what he's capable of. We know what he's going to do. Um, you didn't get Dallas Turner. Uh, you didn't get Lawson at linebacker, and you didn't get Chris Braswell. Well, Turner and Braswell are going to be your edge guys. So that's, I mean, you know what you got there. Uh, Jihad Campbell, somebody that the coaches are really excited about, showed some nice things at linebacker. I think he's going to be a guy who helps this team. He he obviously understands the physicality and the speed of the game. Um, I thought Anquiar Barnes, 59, did some nice things inside defensively. I was impressed with what I saw from him. Um I'll tell you a guy who I think has a chance to really help is Quindarius Robinson. Now, physically, I don't know if he's all there ready just yet, like as far as strength and being able to overpower, but quickness, like get off twitch, he's got that. He's got good flexibility for 6'4", six, 6'5", six, whatever he is. Big, long arms. He can help. He showed good get off. He showed some nice pass rush moves, set the edge nice one time. I liked what I saw from him. Thought he did a pretty good job. Um, he's a guy who I think potentially – will be able to help as well. Kinu Cott, 19, off the edge, showed some really good pass rush stuff. I think he's someone who can help you a little bit out there. You're not going to need a ton because of what we talked about with Braswell and Turner, but just the next guys coming, who are they going to be? Um, you know, I, I, I thought those were players immediately that I saw, and I said, all right, I could see them contributing to this football team this fall based on now physically what I know they're capable of. Uh, Quay Rousseau? Freshman linebacker out of Carver, I, I like what I saw from this young man. Quick off the edge, like gets upfield in a hurry. And somebody who I think potentially could help this defense out. Now, the interior of the defensive line, kind of like what we talked about with Georgia some. I wanted to see it flash a little bit more. I wanted to see more guys be able to get to the backfield, cause a problem on a consistent basis. Didn't get it all the time. Monkel Goodwin did 95. Once I saw him in the backfield. Uh, two, three times. I think he can be a guy that helped. Boyd be moving down inside. I thought he helped a little bit. Uh, and then you get to the secondary, and 
I mean, listen, I think the only question mark was like Caleb Downs, how much can he really help? What I thought I saw in this game were a couple of things. Some older guys that may actually be coming into their own a little bit. Um, you know, I mentioned what you're going to get up front from Quindarius Robinson. He's been around for a while. Maybe he's, it's now time for him to step in and do his thing. Um, we saw Malachi Moore two years ago have a great year and then kind of not have two great years. He looked great in this game. He's blitzing. He's playing the slot. He's playing deep. He's coming up playing the run. 13 was all over the place. Malachi Moore, I think, might have a big year. And I think the versatility, the flexibility of this defense, because Caleb Downs gets an interception, the true freshman safety. He came up and run support on one quick throw on the perimeter one time. That was fantastic. You love to see the physicality there and the ability to come up and hit. So now you have, you have Terry on Arnold, Christian Story, who made a few plays, Kool-Aid McKinstry, who made a few plays. I love the tackling from Kool-Aid that we saw in this game as well. Show that he's not afraid. He's not going to back down from it. Malachi Moore looks like he's back to his old self. Earl Little makes a couple of good plays. And a lot of these guys can go from corner to nickel, nickel to safety, safety to nickel, nickel to corner. I think Kevin Steele is going to – one of his most difficult tasks from now until when the regular season begins – is just lining up his chess pieces. Where does he want them? Who's going to play where? And how many snaps does each guy get in different places? But the where that gives you a ton of help is you're going to face different teams with different matchups. Like you're going to get Ole Miss and Michael Trigg. That's a tight end that's super athletic that can run. Ronaldo Fairweather at Auburn is going to be the same kind of guy. Well, you're going to get some teams that play bigger, heavier guys. They're going to try to run right at you and do different things. You're going to get an Arkansas team that can add quarterback run to the mix a little bit more. So now you have different guys, whether it's run support, covering the slot, man-to-man, playing zone, pattern match. You can move these guys around. The versatility that Alabama will have in the secondary is going to be vital for Kevin Steele because he has options and he has different ways to go win matchups. So that helps you from an injury perspective, from a game planning perspective. And don't forget two guys who we didn't see that we talked about Lawson and I mean, Braswell and Turner, they're going to be rushing the passer anyway. So I came away from this game feeling really good about a lot of pieces for this Alabama football team answered some questions that we had in a lot of different ways, but the biggest question is still quarterback. And could that be the difference between a national championship or not? Absolutely, because we haven't seen a lot of crummy quarterbacks win national championships. Now, I know we got a former walk-on win the last two, one with a generational defense and one with a really good defense and a really good supporting cast, but I think he also turned out to be a pretty good college quarterback, whatever happens down the road in the NFL. So a lot to take away there, a lot that we're still going to talk about. Keep in mind, LSU and Alabama, South Carolina, we already did it. You can go back and watch it. But we just we just went through what we saw in the game here with these two teams. We're actually going to get to their spring previews further down the road. We'll spend an entire show on Alabama, an entire show on LSU, dive into all of it, and give you the different things that we see and that we like. I think you feel good about the offense. Don't think Tommy Reese is just going to get bogged down with tight ends all the time. That's, it's, that's not going to be real. It's not going to be happening. Justice Hayes at tailback, Caleb Downs at safety, questions answered. They will help. Also, you get the big boy, Caden Proctor, at tackle. He's going to help. Those three are going to be of assistance for Alabama this fall. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. Collective at wide receiver, collective at running back, collective at tight end, all going to be good, and the offensive line looks better. So there are a lot of things. People want to get consumed with quarterback and some of the worries. Take some of the positives and think about if all those things come together, no matter who the quarterback is, maybe it makes their life a little bit easier and gives you a better chance of being successful. So appreciate our sponsors, Wickles Pickles, Blue Delta Jeans. Go check those out. We're with you every Sunday. 
college football content each and every Sunday. We're going to go watch the games if there are any. We're going to go to the portal and tell you about those guys, and we're going to watch the film when they're coming into the SEC and let you know what your team's going to get. And we're going to give you content each and every Sunday. We appreciate you subscribing, YouTube. We appreciate you following on Twitter and Instagram, at Cube Show. You can go follow us there. I think it's at Cube Show 61 actually on YouTube. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. We always appreciate it. We are going to bring you college football content each and every Sunday from now throughout the entire calendar. I know Josh Pate would tell me I'm not supposed to say offseason, but when you play, you actually do have an offseason, so that's ingrained in my brain. So I'm sorry. Offseason to me doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about college football. It just means we're not playing college football right now. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.